Welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half-truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. First question of the day comes from Clyde. Should you take an AI, that means anti-estrogen, tablet if you don't experience any estrogen side effects well some people don't aromatize much which aromatize means there's an enzyme in your blood produced by your fat cells called the aromatase enzyme and what the aromatase enzyme does is it interacts with testosterone and other male hormones and transforms those hormones into estrogen okay so an aromatase inhibitor tablet inhibits that aromatase enzyme that transforms testosterone and other male hormones into estrogen. So if you don't have the aromatase enzyme, then you can't produce estrogen. So that's why people take aromatase inhibitors and another name for them is anti-estrogen tablets. And for example, those are things like Arimidex, Letrozole, uh, Eximestane, Aromacin. Uh, if you don't have estrogen side effects and you're taking um, high dosages, you know, more than 500 milligrams of testosterone per week, uh, you should probably do a blood test to see where your estrogen levels are because it isn't healthy. Um, it can blow up your prostate. I know you said you don't have symptoms, but, you know, eventually it can give you cancer to have high estrogen levels. So if you're using steroids frequently and you're not having any estrogen side effects but you're using compounds that are producing estrogen or known to produce estrogen you should uh, get a blood test and see what your estrogen levels are look are looking like because uh, it's good to keep them within the natural range so if you don't experience estrogen side effects uh, it's good to get a blood test and figure out What's going on with your estrogen levels? Rocket asks, Dan, you mentioned repeatedly you take 500, eight, 500 IU of HCG, but you never mention how often. Once a day, once a week, once a month? All right, so I use the HCG at 500 IUs per week. And sometimes I will take one shot of 500 IUs. And actually, a lot of times I'll just mix that in with my testosterone dose, even though it's water-based HCG and then the the testosterone is oil-based, you can still put it in the same uh, syringe and uh, it still works like that. So depending, uh, it's not something that I need to be doing, you know, really religiously. It's so it's something that I do casually the HCG year round. So, you know, most weeks I'll have uh, 500 IUs in there over two shots. Um, And so I shoot it intramuscularly. I don't like shooting HCG subcutaneously into the fat because it can leave a lump. Um, And so I'll I'll shoot it into the muscle with the testosterone. And uh, sometimes I'll be lazy on it or HCG also produces quite a bit of estrogen conversion. It stimulates uh, upregulation of aromatase enzyme production. So you produce more of the enzyme that creates estrogen out of your hormones when you take HCG. So if I'm having a lot of estrogen, you know, I might only take 250 IUs that week or, you know, just one shot of it. Um, And then, you know, most of the time, though, 
I'm taking 250 IUs or five twice a week or uh, 500 IUs HCG once per week. And um, when you first start the HCG, it takes about three or four days. It takes two shots before you start noticing your testicles coming back to normal size. Okay, Glenn asks, I'm taking 100 milligrams test per week only. I'm thinking about starting 25 milligrams per day of Proviron. My balls are shrunk. My libido is crap. How much does the Proviron usually cost? Proviron, uh, it's not that expensive. Like, for example, if you are in South America or you're in Asia, you will be able to find Bayer Proviron being sold in 30 tablet and 50 tablet boxes and usually those are not over 30 us dollars um those are those are from the pharmacy obviously they're made by bayer pharmaceutical company that makes like all your medicine uh and that will help a ton with your libido the the proviron the proviron acts on your brain it doesn't act in your muscles it's deactivated in your muscles uh, by an enzyme in there. Uh, the same one that deactivates Mastron from being able to build muscle either. These are uh, these these work on secondary sex characteristic tissues. DHT, they're derivatives of dihydrotestosterone. Proviron is an orally available form of dihydrotestosterone. And Mastron is an injectable form of dihydrotestosterone. So it's going to improve your uh, libido dramatically within five days of starting taking this 25 to 50 milligrams uh, every day. And a lot of guys that do use low dosage testosterone, like the 100 milligrams test per week, uh, do have libido issues uh, because it's just simply not enough for injected testosterone. It's enough to be producing... you know, 100 milligrams of natural testosterone from your testicles per week because natural testosterone is more potent than uh, injected testosterone. Uh, So a lot of guys taking doses like that, 100 milligrams or 125 milligrams testosterone per week have libido issues. One of the reasons for this is because of sex hormone binding globulin uh, levels, SHBG levels rising in response to not having high androgen levels. The more steroids you take, the less SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin, you have in your blood. What SHBG does is it binds up your testosterone and makes it unable to bind with steroid receptors and exert its effects. So at any given time, especially if you're only on uh, 100 milligrams of testosterone per week, about 98 or 99% of your testosterone in your blood is going to be bound to these SHBG molecules, making them uh, unable to function. Okay, and that's that's the way everybody is naturally. Sex hormone binding globulin is uh, making most of your hormones unable to function. Uh, and so then when you take more steroids in general, that drops your level of SHBG, which then improves your sex drive a lot, um, a lot. And so that's one way is is taking more steroids in general, higher dosages of testosterone also reduce SHBG. But then there are several um, chemicals that really specifically reduce SHBG a lot. Those being Winstrol, Proviron, Dianabol, Methandienone, um, and then Mastron being uh, an injectable that does it a lot. And also Trenbolone uh, is an injectable that does it a lot reduces the shbg so you said you're taking 25 milligrams of proviron per day or that's what you want to take that will uh improve your libido a ton and it will also reduce your shbg which will make your testosterone more effective okay adrenaline asks what would your opinion be trend ace and testosterone ratio also ratio of arimidex 160 pounds Okay, so you're pretty light. Um, I'm not going to discuss that or or judge it. I'm just going to answer your question. Um, Testosterone and trend ratio. Most of this kind of stuff is just internet stuff. Internet stuff made up by people who have no idea what they're doing. They're guys who they just like to talk on the internet. 
So they make up this weird stuff like ratio stuff. Okay, the more steroids you take, the more stronger your cycle is going to be. So just in general, when people say like, oh, there has to be some magic ratio, that's not true. It's just more steroids equals more muscle and less fat in general. And, you know, that's why IFBB pros take dosages, you know, above 10,000 milligrams per week because well, not all of them do that, but, you know, quite a few of them do. And um, that's because more is always better when it comes to steroids and growing muscle and uh, burning fat. It's definitely very unhealthy. So when you say trenase testosterone ratio, well, the more trenbolone you take, the more effective your cycle is going to be. And the more testosterone you take, the more effective your cycle is going to be. So generally, you know, you want to run the dosage of testosterone that is going to be the t dosage of testosterone that you like. So if you have experience running testosterone, for me, that would be like anywhere between 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams of testosterone per week. And then I would run the amount of trenbolone that I could tolerate, which is zero. So that's why I don't run trenbolone anymore. You know, I had my time with that and decided I didn't want it in my life anymore. But, you know, generally I can tolerate 100 milligrams of trenbolone acetate every other day. Uh, and that will be a dosage that, you know, I can tolerate. Uh, if I if I used that, I don't like it, but I could tolerate that. So I would use that dosage of trenbolone that I could tolerate with the dosage of testosterone that I like to use. Now, some people say, oh, well, you're going to get a lot of side effects. And if you take less testosterone, you're not going to get a lot of side effects. Um, if you are letting your estrogen get out of control and stuff like that with your testosterone, it complicates things. So the you would have le less issues or less things that you would need to troubleshoot if you used less hormones that produced other hormones. And testosterone is a hormone that produces a lot of other hormones once it's in your body. It, it's metabolized or broken down into tons of different hormones. So uh, if you were talking about doing things as simply as you could with the least amount of variables and the least troubleshooting that you would have to do during your cycle, um, with side effects and stuff. Yeah. Running like a TRT dose, you know, about 250 milligrams of testosterone, uh, with however much trenbolone you could tolerate, um, would be the best answer to that question. But if you are comfortable with testosterone and you know what kind of dosages of testosterone you like to use, uh, then that's not really going to be something that's really going to matter, uh, as far as, you know, using some kind of ratio or some kind of low dosage of testosterone. Generally, you just want to use the amount of testosterone that you like to use because it's a very powerful muscle building drug. And then that's your base. And then you add in the other steroids. And if it's a steroid that's hard to trip, it's that's hard to tolerate, like trenbolone, then you add in a dosage of trenbolone that you feel is powerful and that you can tolerate it. So for me, again, since I like to run between 500 and 1,000 milligrams of testosterone per week, I would do that. And then I would add in, for me, the minimum effective dosage of Trenbolone is 50 milligrams per day. Um, so actually, no, every other day. 50 milligrams every other day. That's the minimum effective dosage of Trenbolone for me. So about 150 or 175 milligrams per week. And then uh, the dosage where I feel like I get its full effects is 100 milligrams every other day. So 350 milligrams per week of Trenbolone. And that's how I would do my cycle. All right, Noah says, you look like a roided Seth Rogen. Thanks for the info, though. Yeah, I do look like a roided Seth Rogen. I also look like a roided Buzz Lightyear. If you look at my face when I don't have my beard, I look very similar to Buzz Lightyear. Also, I look like Owen Wilson. So I have a lot of celebrity lookalikes. I also look like a uh, Chris Pratt. I have a lot, a lot of celebrity lookalikes. Thank you for noticing, Noah. Nihil asks, does Masteron help with gyno? Okay, so Masteron is injectable dihydrotestosterone. So what it, dihydrotestosterone changes the ratio of androgens. It's a very potent androgen. It 
attaches to your androgen receptors, not in muscle, but in other areas, uh, as, as well as Trenbolone does. So that's why DHT can cause side effects like acne or um, a lot of sex drive, things like that. And then you say, uh, and it can also, you know, help with gyno. And, and you say, does Masteron help with gyno? And so the thing is, is that it can compete with estrogen. Uh, Masteron can compete with estrogen because it's so strong uh, at binding to hormone receptors that it can bind to the estrogen receptor and block it and outcompete estrogen from being able to exert its effects because hormones need to attach to receptors in order to exert their effects. So what the Masteron can do is it can block that estrogen receptor and not allow the estrogen molecules to be able to bind to them and exert their effects. Uh, it does not do this very well, though. So if you are someone who has any kind of significant uh, estrogenic effects, uh, Mastron is not going to uh, solve that issue for you. You're going to need Novadex uh, at a very minimum, or you're going to need, you know, preferably you're going to need uh, Aromasin or Arimidex or Letrozole. So do not rely on Mastron to be your anti-estrogen medication because you will probably get gyno. If you're getting gyno symptoms and you start trying to control them with Mastron and you do not have um, something like Arimidex on hand, uh, you could very well end up with permanent gyno because you can't actually destroy the estrogen and remove it from the body with Mastron. All you can do is block it from being able to attach to estrogen receptors and exert its effects. And that is a lot less effective than actually destroying the estrogen and removing it from your body. So via experience, no, do not depend on something like Mastron to prevent you from getting gyno because chances are if you do that, you're going to get stuck in a very bad place where you're going to get permanent gyno. Willie asks, man, please make a video to educate people on what athletes, football, soccer, track and field are using. This will be enlightening without all these lies. Just pure truth as you do. Keep it up. Respect. All right. Yeah. So the athletes that are used that are, you know, they're all pretty much using performance enhancing drugs. That's just part of competition. And that's the way it's been always performance enhancing drugs aren't even new. Like there were other forms of performance enhancing drugs. And like people used to like eat lots of testicles and stuff like that, like animal testicles, or they would even inject themselves uh, with, with animal testicles, shit like that. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of performance enhancing drugs. Athletes have always used, you know, whatever it takes, you know, athletics is like, Athletics is like money. It's all-out competition, okay? And if you aren't willing to do all-out competition, you know, athletics, money, war, you have to be willing to go all-out in order to win and beat the competition because that's what the competition does, okay? So that's why athletes use performance-enhancing drugs, and that's the way it's always been, and it's the way it always will be. Um, but athletes that are pro-athletes like that football, soccer, track, and field – um, they're not using a lot of performance enhancing drugs. Um, they're, they're natural born superior athletes for one thing. And then they use, you know, it's something that people don't know is that using performance enhancing drugs really is not good for your athleticism. Um, it can, you know, it can make you stronger and shit like that, but it's definitely like a strain on your system and you won't be able to yeah, you'll be stronger and be able to do like more reps and shit on the gym when you have it in your blood. But when you have it in your blood, you're going to be kind of like weighed down. And for the most part, if you're on anything more than like really small dosages, it's definitely going to hurt your athletic abilities. So because uh, these guys are genetically good for the sport in the first place and their athleticism is held at a premium, they only use very low dosages of anabolics and uh, other performance enhancing drugs in order to just take them up over that next level. So 
You get um, power, power production uh, steroids in use uh, that promote high strength to body weight ratios, such as Turinabol and Anivar and Winstrol. Okay, those are three steroids that are used pretty, uh, pretty frequently in athletics. One thing that's one reason why Turinabol is used because up until 2016, um, athletes could discontinue it three days before being tested and there was no way to test for the uh, metabolites of Turinabol. Uh, so a lot of athletes would use that up until 2016 when a new metabolite was discovered that can be uh, tested for about 16 to 20 days after the last ingestion of the tablet. So now Turinabol ever since 2016 uh, isn't quite as good for passing doping tests but so testosterone at trt dosages or slightly above too is another thing that they're using and uh, then human growth hormone because human growth hormone helps your body to recover um, helps it, its primary effects even more so than it has effects on like muscle is on your connective tissue and your structural integrity integrity like your bone your tendons your joints and your ligaments uh, that's where human growth hormone has the highest uh, effect. So that's why a lot of guys use it to recover from injuries, including Peyton Manning when he was recovering from his neck injury. And then uh, his doctor was sending human growth hormone injections to his house. And then shamefully, he blamed it on his wife and said that people were mean for uh, trying to get information about his wife's human growth hormone use and that it's her personal business. <laughs> so that was really ridiculous. But yeah, human growth hormone is the the main thing that a lot of the um, athletes in professional sports are depending on. And they're usually taking about four IUs of human growth hormone in one shot before bed, like four to six IUs before bed, pharmaceutical grade human growth hormone in one shot and they do that for uh, recovery and injury recovery, and then also uh, just recovery and being ready for the next game again. And uh, that you know that's a main one. That's a main one. And then uh, TRT testosterone is another main one. And then especially for guys who are like playing skill positions where they've got to be really quick and running really fast, they're using Winstrol, um, Anivar, and Turinabol. And then. Um, for guys that are not doing that, you know, like linemen, stuff like that, you know, that's mostly they're getting that strength during the off season and that mass during the off season by running little cycles of Diana ball or something, you know, just stuff like, uh, you know, mild bodybuilding cycles. And then they use the TRT and the growth hormone during the season uh, in order to keep that muscle on. And, that's why the, for example, the NFL Players Association fights so hard against um, the NFL uh, starting testing for human growth hormone use because the players use that in order to prevent injuries and it's so essential for them to be able to recover between games and play the next game again at full strength and also to not uh, have injuries um, because it, it actually directly repairs joints, tendons, bone, cartilage. It's really essential for them to be able to play a full season um, with uh, contact sports to be able to use human growth hormone injections. And then the fact that it's uh, not tested for um, in most sports leagues helps that, helps them be able to use that and helps them be able to maintain long careers and be healthier for longer. Dirty Rotten asks, so take Arimidex the same day as the test shot? Yeah, that's a good idea to take the Arimidex or other estrogen tablet, anti-estrogen tablet on the same day as your shot of testosterone. Because once you have the testosterone in your blood, you and it's peaking, you know, it's building up to a peak level, which if you're using testinanthate, that peaks at 24 hours, uh, the peak level that that shot will ever put into your bloodstream. And then it uh, stays uh, pretty high for about four days and then it rapidly uh, decreases in its levels uh people will debate uh that fact that i just said but on bayer pharmaceuticals own tests of bayer testovirin these are the data that they came back with it was the results of the data that they came back with 
question by Henry. Greg Doucette says 600 milligrams Mastron will build the same amount of muscle minus the water attention as 400 milligrams of test. You're saying it doesn't really build anything and it's just a hardener. Where did Greg Doucette come up with those <laughs> ridiculous numbers that 600 milligrams of Mastron will equal the same amount as 400 tests? What an asinine statement by someone who is not someone you should be getting your information from. Does Greg Doucette uh, give some good, true information? Yeah. Does he give a lot of wrong, intentionally wrong information? Yeah. He's another one of these guys that is part of the industry. He's part of the uh, machine of the bodybuilding and fitness industry. Uh, he has a lot to lose. He's a competitive IFBB pro. And, you know, these guys have never given you the reality. Out of all the years, you know, that have gone by since there's been professional bodybuilding, you know, these guys are not reliable. So now that you got some guy that, you know, he has that status next to his name, IFBB pro, and he says something, you know, people take it as gospel or word, but he's just another symptom of the problem. He's just another symptom of the stuff that is just completely wrong and, and all the misinformation that's been coming out, you know, since the 60s. So, yeah, Greg Doucette, he's uh, uninformed here. Um, and he's wrong. Uh, so Mastron is a slight alteration to the dihydrotestosterone molecule. Okay. And it's in an injectable version. So dihydrotestosterone, when the, when it gets into muscle tissue, it's deactivated by an enzyme there called three beta hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase. Okay. So that's a uh, dihydrotestosterone. And also Proviron and Masteron, which are extremely close analogs of uh, dihydrotestosterone. They're basically just oral or injectable versions of dihydrotestosterone are also susceptible to the same enzyme, 3-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase that dihydrotestosterone is vulnerable to. So... You know, dihydrotestosterone is five times more powerful than testosterone. Testosterone is not the main male hormone in the body. Dihydrotestosterone, a metabolite produced from testosterone, is the main male hormone of the body. The only thing that normal testosterone really even does in your body is builds muscle because it is not deactivated in muscle tissue by this 3-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase enzyme, okay? So since dihydrotestosterone is responsible for puberty, it's responsible for your penis going from being a baby size to a man size, it's responsible for your body hair, it's responsible for your sex drive, it's responsible for uh, everything, everything about you being a man, since dihydrotestosterone is so powerful and responsible for all those things, then why doesn't it build muscle, okay? Since it's five times as powerful at activating the androgen receptor as normal testosterone, why is testosterone the main muscle builder of the body and dihydrotestosterone builds no muscle? Doesn't make sense. Why? Okay, the answer is 3-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase. It's an enzyme that resides in your muscle tissue. And dihydrotestosterone and its derivatives are susceptible to deactivation by this enzyme, okay? So normal steroids that are derived from DHT like Winstrol or Anavar or Anadrol are not susceptible to this enzyme, okay? It's only DHT and it's super close analogs. Masteron and Proviron and dihydrotestosterone, DHT, are susceptible to the enzyme 3-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase. It attaches to those steroids, those hormones, those three hormones, the moment that they enter muscle tissue and deactivates them, renders them useless. So that's why people aren't just injecting dihydrotestosterone and building muscle like they're on trend because it has the same, it's a natural hormone and it has the same androgenic potency as trenbolone. But why don't people just take a bunch of dihydrotestosterone and get hella muscular? 3-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase, okay? So Masteron is deactivated by this enzyme when it enters muscle tissue, okay? Masteron does not build muscle. 
Proviron does not build muscle. Dihydrotestosterone does not build muscle, okay? 3-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase. It's the enzyme responsible. Enzymes are very powerful hormone manipulators, okay? The aromatase enzyme is another enzyme that interacts with testosterone molecule and transforms it into estrogen. So obviously there, that's another way that uh, male hormone is made to not be muscle building. It's through the aromatization turning into estrogen process, all right? So I think that should very... Uh, cover the Masteron thing. Now you know how Masteron works. Next question is from Tom. From everyone else's videos on D-Ball, I had planned on only doing five weeks at most, but your video makes it sound like it should be longer. What's your opinion on how many weeks to go for D-Ball? So the reason why uh, I typically say longer duration, lower dose, is because that's how... You get away from the cosmetic effects of the drug and actually build muscle tissue with D-Ball. And D-Ball, it's people on the internet who don't know how to use D-Ball and use these short cycles at high dosages. Those are the people that don't keep any gains from D-Ball and don't see any muscle gains from D-Ball. They're people who don't know how to use steroids and they're messing around with steroids. So they use high dosages for short durations. They get a huge cosmetic effect where a lot of glycogen and water storage is put inside the muscle cells, which temporarily makes the muscles appear bigger. In the first week of taking D-Ball, you will appear to have put on 5 to 10 pounds of straight muscle mass, although it is not muscle mass, it's not muscle tissue, it's mass put inside of your muscles in the form of fuel storage, water and glycogen carbohydrate fuel storage inside of the muscles. So that's what you're doing when you're loading high dosages of D-ball for short durations of time. And then when you stop taking the D-ball, well, that all gets flushed out. Your body has no reason to hang on to that storage anymore. And then you say, oh, I pissed out my D-ball gains. I lost all my gains from D-ball. You never had any D gains from D-ball, bro. All you had was fuel storage and water shoved inside of your muscle. So... Uh, you know, four or five weeks is the absolute minimum amount of time that you could ever take anything and hope to put on any type of uh, tissue, muscular tissue. You know, for a D-ball cycle, anywhere from six to 12 weeks at 20 to 30 milligrams per day is going to avoid the uh, feelings of sickness and toxicity that you'd get by taking, for example, 50 milligrams of D-ball per day for five weeks. You'd start to feel sick and tired at the end of that most likely, uh, but you would not most likely using 20 to 30 milligrams per day and you could use it for significantly longer. It's an incredible anabolic, incredible for putting on huge amounts of muscle tissue. Argue, you know, it could be in the conversation for the best hormone for actually putting on muscle tissue. Um, when you use D-ball correctly on low dosages for extended periods of time, it takes time for muscle tissue to grow, muscle tissue fiber. So, yeah, you have to take stuff usually for, you know, at least six weeks in order to really get gains that are going to stick and solidify and harden on your body. So, yes, uh, you know, contrary to what the Internet says, um, I do uh, think that it's much better to be using Dianabol at low dosage for extended duration period of time. And that's also the way that they did it back in the day back in the 50s, back in the 60s, back in the 70s, when guys were building their entire golden era physiques off of D-ball-only cycles or D-ball-only cycles with one shot of two to 400 milligrams of DECA per week. That's another thing that they were uh, doing, and then they'd run D-ball with that, and that's how they'd build their entire physique with all of their muscle. So that's the old way. Now the new way is what the Internet says to do, and the Internet doesn't know what it's talking about. People on the internet are completely talking out of their asses. You don't know what they look like. Uh, you don't know who they are. They're just random voices from people who have no idea what they're doing. So don't listen to what you read on the internet, especially on forums about how to use steroids. <laughs> Sean asks, can Tren do anything that Superdraw can't do? Honest question. They both seem to be very powerful with significant side effects. Yes, Tren is better at going with low calories and being able to function at its peak level without having to feed it. You have to feed Superdraw. 
and you have to especially feed Superdraw carbohydrates. Does Trend work really good on being fed carbohydrates too? Yeah, it works excellent. You know, it works really good, but it is better at still functioning at its full capacity and full power without carbohydrates and without very much food in general. However, Superdraw has a hard time functioning without carbohydrates. It really has a hard time doing its thing and being, you know, like a trend alternative if you're not feeding it. So as far as dieting goes, trend is so far superior to Superdraw. It's not even funny. Okay. It's so far superior because it can function at a high level without the need for having carbohydrates and a lot of food. Whereas Superdraw it really needs those carbohydrates in order to kick in and work the way it's supposed to. So as usual, uh, Tren is, uh, you know, the best hormone for bodybuilding. It's the best hormone for bodybuilding, uh, but it has a lot of side effects. Uh, it'll fuck your life up and we want to find ways around using it. So super draw is one of the things that you can use to find some ways around using Tren. Dude K asks, does T-Ball do a good job lowering SHBG2? I have read that T-Ball also does a good job on SHBG. What's your opinion on T-Ball? T-Ball is good. It's not really a really strong anabolic steroid. It's a pretty light anabolic steroid um, that, you know, around 40 to 80 milligrams per day, you know, in that range. Yeah, it increases the anabolicness. It increases your strength, you know, and the amount of muscle. That's what I mean by anabolic the amount of muscle that you gain, but it does it. It doesn't do it in an explosive way. It doesn't do it in the same kind of explosive way where you get monster strength gains overnight. Every workout, you're increasing the weight that you can do and the reps that you can do it for. You know, you're growing overnight the way that Debo, Anadrol, Trenbolone, uh, uh, you know, high doses of testosterone, the way that they do those, do that kind of a thing. So, I mean, even Winstrol. Winstrol is much stronger than Terinabol. So Terinabol is more of a light, uh, moderate effects steroid. I would compare it, you know, if you compared it to any steroid, it's more like Anavar than uh, probably any other steroid. It's probably more, and milligram per milligram, you can compare T-Ball a lot more accurately in uh, the amount of milligrams that you need to take in order for it to have its effects. It's and with its strength effects too, you know, it's very similar to Anavar. T-Ball and Anavar are very similar hormones in the effects that they produce. So uh, make sure I got all the questions on that. Oh yeah, SHBG. Uh, yeah, it does lower SHBG. The reality is that Anything, any steroid lowers SHBG. The more steroids you have in your blood, the lower your SHBG is. And oral steroids are generally better at reducing SHBG than injectable steroids. The best steroids that have been studied at doing this, uh, reducing SHBG, are Dianabol, Winstrol, and Proviron. Those are the best ones at lowering SHBG, but any oral steroid will also do that. And any steroid in general will also do that. All right. Next question. Average man asks, I've got 25 milligrams pills. Enough for a six-week cycle for cutting. I never took any steroid ever. I'm concerned about the suppression. I still want to be able to fuck. Is that true? I'm... 38 years old, 6'3", 240 pounds. Anybody with some actual knowledge about the steroid would be appreciated. But he didn't say what steroid he was taking. I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm just going to guess Anavar. I think he wants to do an oral-only cycle. I'm trying to guess what you want to do here, average man. But, um, you know, six weeks if you're taking an oral-only, that's not going to really cause you extreme suppression. If there's any way that you can get HCG, then you will still have your natural testosterone being produced while you are taking the oral steroid because it will it will reduce your uh, your natural testosterone. And if you're taking something like Anavar or Winstrol that doesn't produce estrogen, it will reduce your sexual potency or your ability to have sex. Although that's not guaranteed, you know, you still might be able to find or you may be just slightly impaired or something. But uh, the real thing is that you've got to have some estrogen in your blood in order to have a sex drive. So uh, 
something like Anavar or Winstrol that is not estrogenic and doesn't produce any estrogen, and then you're taking that without testosterone or without HCG, well, now you're, you know, you're t turning off your own natural male hormones, and instead you are just uh, taking these hormones that are, you know, steroid hormones that don't produce any estrogen. So you're going to be in an estrogen-free environment, which is going to turn your sex drive off. So the longer you take it, the more likely you are to see uh, sexual side effects as your own natural testosterone production goes to zero. And how you can get around with that is you can actually, you can take HCG injections, um, something like a thousand IUs per week, you know, two 500 IU injections, or you could take testosterone injections at even like a, a TRT replacement dosage. And that will solve any sex drive issues that you're having. Sogo Kakuto from Japan, obviously, judging by your name, Sogo Kakuto. Dan, happy to see you again. Is this true that trend can look like high estradiol on a blood test? Mine is very high while on trend, but I feel all the sides from low estrogen. Yeah, um, it's actually common and typical. It's actually unusual not for blood tests to pick up trenbolone as estrogen. They usually always pick up trenbolone as estrogen. So you will have high estrogen levels uh, with on the blood test, but in reality, your estrogen levels are not high. Uh, trenbolone is produced from female hormones, okay? So female hormones and male hormones aren't that different, just like female gonads and male gonads aren't that different, you know, like ovaries come from the same tissue as testicles and you know ovaries produce estrogen testicles produce testosterone and then you know testosterone can become estrogen if it interacts with the aromatase enzyme in your body and it can get it can get transformed into estrogen so that's what's going on there is that trenbolone comes from progesterone so when scientists are making trenbolone in a lab, they start with a female hormone, a progesterone molecule, and then they do chemical alterations to it and reactions until it becomes trenbolone, which actually still is a progestogenic hormone. It's not a male hormone based off of testosterone or DHT or anything. It's based off of progesterone, yet this molecule based off of progesterone that is related to a form of testosterone called 19-nortestosterone uh, has very anabolic effects. And part of the reason for that is because you can see how closely related, you know, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone are. They all are closely related uh, chemicals and they all come from the same molecule, cholesterol. Cholesterol is then transformed into either estrogen, progesterone, or testosterone. And that's where you get all your sex hormone comes, sex hormones come from. And progesterone or is the the uh, progenitor or the chemical that is used to produce testosterone. Trenbolone. I said testosterone, but I meant to say trenbolone. Progesterone is the progenitor, the chemical that is used to produce trenbolone. Okay? In a lab, that's where trenbolone comes from. So you can get female weird stuff going on from having trenbolone in your blood. And yes, blood tests can pick up trenbolone as estrogen so i would ignore that blood test and uh sounds like since you're having low estradiol symptoms um you should you know lay off that aromatase inhibitor lay off those anti-estrogen tablets even though your blood test says you uh have high estrogen it sounds like you don't it's just picking up that trenbolone you're on Rael ghost says i'm 15 and i want to start steroids what do i need all right, man, I'm going to tell you one thing is that have you even hit puberty yet? Do you even have your natural hormones? So you could screw up your development by uh, starting not natural hormones. Um, and when you do hit puberty, you're going to get a lot buffer um, if you're feeling small right now. So and you probably will hit puberty if you haven't yet in the next year or two. Um as far as teenagers using steroids, it's not good and you shouldn't do it. And the people who have the bad side effects, especially bad mental side effects, are always young guys. Um, pretty much every guy um, under 21 that I've ever seen use anabolic steroids has had uh, tremendous mental side effects. 
tremendous mental side effects that I myself and other users do not experience us guys who are older. Okay. So you, you'll notice as you get older anyways, that when you're 15 years old up until when you're like 23 years old or so, you're very reckless and uh, you just don't have a very firm grasp on the world. Everybody figures this out. All guys figure this out as they, as they get older. Um, and uh, your sense of, of you uh, versus the world is skewed. You don't really understand how you yourself uh, fit into and relate and interact with the world. So then when you put in uh, strong hormones that, you know, your body is still, you know, adjusting to having your own hormone levels there and trying to form, you know, your brain uh, the way it's going to be as an adult. If you add in the uh the anabolic steroids they can really cause a lot of weird weird behavior like weird behavior doing stuff that um is like not you or like you know people say you know oh he went on steroids and he had personality changes he became a different person that's generally going to be from like younger guys using strong hormones like dianabol um trenbolone anadrol and uh that then you know they get these extreme consequences especially mental effects of uh mental side effects of taking steroids so i i, I suggest that you reconsider and uh live out your teenage years without drugs safwan asks thanks for the video why is it now the trend to use a low test dose along with other anabolics it's just more internet garbage a lot of stuff, you know, the internet doesn't know what it's talking about when it comes to steroids on a lot of things. You you read like uh, there's these, uh, like you said, trends or ways of thinking on the internet that like say like this is the way it is and there's no other way. And it's sort of like a group think that is uh, people just, they don't, they haven't even used steroids. They just repeat what they've heard other people write and they've seen people read on forums and stuff. Then they repeat this own thing. And it's like a parrot, like playing telephone or something. Uh, so, no, low testosterone is for people that, you know, they can't handle side effects from testosterone. So some side effects from testosterone that some people might get would be like promiscuity impulses, impulses for promiscuity when they are in a relationship and that might bother them. Um, another one would be acne if they're really susceptible to dihydrotestosterone induced acne since uh, testosterone metabolizes down into dihydrotestosterone. And the other thing would be uh, estrogen, uh, but you can largely take care of estrogen side effects uh, with aromatase inhibitors. However, some people are bothered more by estrogen side effects than others because the amount of aromatase enzyme that you produce is very individual. So that's why you can't say something like, oh, take 500 milligrams of testosterone and two Arimidex tablets of one milligram per week and you're good. You know, one guy might be good on that, but then another guy on that same dosage of testosterone may have to take seven tablets per week of the Arimidex in order to make his uh, estrogen stay down because it all just completely depends on your own body's physiology and how much of that aromatase estrogen conversion enzyme that your body is making um so so as far as the low side effects uh from low testosterone dose if you don't know how to uh handle higher dosages of testosterone or or you can't your body's physiology is like that then what you could do is is lower the dosage of testosterone add in other anabolics and there's always going to be things like that like it's not going to be comfortable to run really high dosages of testosterone. Like running 2,500 milligrams of testosterone is going to cause you a lot of water retention. It's going to give you a lot of high blood pressure. It's probably going to make your, your estrogen levels be going up and down, up and down every day. When you take your, your AI and your DHT is going to be high, so you might get a swollen prostate. Um, so those effects are going to be less on something like, you know, 1000 milligrams of testosterone per week. So a way to have less side effects would be to use the, you know, minimum dosage 
or, or the maximum testosterone, the mass, maximum testosterone dosage that you can use without getting side effects because it's a very powerful muscle builder and it's very synergistic with every other steroid. And then you add when you know you've reached that dosage of testosterone that you know that it's the maximum dosage that you can use personally without getting a lot of side effects. Then you add in other anabolics, which is other like man-made steroids that don't give you those side effects that are going to help you have more milligrams of muscle building anabolic steroids in your blood and uh, help you to be able to be on more milligrams of steroids per week. Uh, so, you know, if you could only handle a thousand milligrams of testosterone per week comfortably, but you wanted to be, have the muscle building effects, you know, of 2000 milligrams of steroids per week, then, you know, you'd fill up, you know, maybe another 600 milligrams with Primobolin per week and another 400 milligrams with Winstraw per week. Then you could still be taking 2000 milligrams of steroids per week, but it wouldn't have to be all testosterone. Um, it could be other things to keep your side effects down. So it all depends on how sensitive you are to testosterone side effects. Guys who say, I want to use low dose testosterone and this is the way to do it with other anabolics. You know, that started with guys who had really bad, um, unbearable side effects with testosterone. And so then they're trying to find other ways around it and then that works for them. But that's not the average guy. The average guy doesn't need to do it that way. And the average guy doesn't have crazy side effects from testosterone. Those guys who need to do it like that are the exceptions. And if you're doing it like that, you're actually shortchanging yourself because testosterone is so synergistic with every other steroid and it's so good at putting long-term muscle on your body. So you should always be using, when you want to gain muscle, you should use the maximum dosage of testosterone that you can use without having high side effects and then try to add in other anabolics to be on more milligrams if you want more muscle building power. That's the best way to do it. JC asks, I'm in PCT taking Nolva and Clomid for five weeks now and think I've crashed my estradiol. That means your estrogen. Another way that people write that is E2. Uh, estradiol is a form of estrogen. It's the most prominent measured version on blood tests. The other version is estrone. Estradiol, which is abbreviated E2, and estrone, which I think that's E1. I can't get a hard on and I can't finish and have achy joints and pretty lean. Do you think it's crashed estradiol? He's on PCT. Uh, how long do you think it will take to come back um, after discontinued? Um, okay, so it sounds like you're suppressed because you're on PCT. So your natural testosterone levels are down. And um, I don't think that your estradiol is suppressed, like you said, because uh, Nolva Dex and Clomid both um, they're they're testosterone boosters. They're they're fertility boosters. That's what they do. Um, when you go to a fertility doctor and you have uh, you know low fertility, this is what they give you in order to increase your hormone production, in order to increase your fertility and make your uh, testicles function at a higher level. So the fact is is that you are uh, you've been taking it for five weeks and you're still shut down from your cycle. Maybe you took Trenbolone in your cycle, dude. Uh, because what it sounds like right now is that you're just lacking male hormones, period. So the most, uh, the most biggest thing that you could do quickly to get your levels back without, you know, destroying your recovery since you've been trying to, uh, recover from being on steroids. Otherwise I would say, you know, take a shot of testosterone cause that would solve the problem. Uh, but you don't want to do that. So in order to help you recover and actually the best PCT drug in general is HCG, human chorionic gonadotrophin. So once you start uh, taking human chorionic gonadotrophin, HCG, it's going to send a direct signal to your testicles to produce testosterone and sperm. And that is going to solve your problems with the sex drive. Uh, but taking Novodex and Clomid actually works on your brain, on your hypothalamus. Um, it works on your hypothalamus. And then your hypothalamus has to communicate with your pituitary, which then communicates with your testicles. So it's a trickle down effect. And with HCG, you get a straight signal to your testicles. So that's why it's the best PCT drug. And you can notice and see the visual effects of them growing larger and then um, producing testosterone and feeling that and also producing estrogen too um, within the first five days of taking HCG. Um, at, you know, you, you take it, you take it two or three times a week at 
500 IUs to 1,000 IUs, okay, for PCT. And uh, yeah, that works That works the best. The reason I don't think that you have crashed E2 is because you're not taking uh, E2 estradiol estrogen levels. I don't think you have crashed estrogen, and I don't think that's a problem here because you are on Nolvidex and Clomid, and both of those do not destroy estrogen levels. Um, the only thing that takes estrogen out of the body is uh, aromatase inhibitors such as arimidex, letrozole, or exemestane. But for you, you're taking Novidex and Clomid, which are estrogen blockers. And actually, they also stimulate estrogen receptors, the opposite of estrogen blocking in certain tissues. So uh, what you're doing is blocking, you know, any low estrogen effects that you would be getting is, is just because you're blocking estrogen receptors with Novidex and Clomid. But that's not really an issue. You don't really get low... Um, low estrogen symptoms from doing that because, yeah, you just don't. So that would be very, very unusual and odd if the Nolva and Clomid were causing you to have low estrogen symptoms. It's much more likely that you're still suppressed from your cycle and that you uh, your PCT isn't working. You're not producing testosterone. Your testicles aren't functioning. I mean, are your balls still shrunk? That would be one sign. And uh, right now... For troubleshooting your situation, getting on the HCG would be the best thing you could do. Jay Murphy asks, have you used or know about testosterone suspension? Apparently it hits instantly, but what does that mean regarding my PCT? Yeah, I like testosterone suspension um, every once in a while, but it's not something that you'd want to like use as your base steroid or something because it's in and out of your system so fast. When you take it, it comes on after about 30 or 45 minutes, you start feeling it. You start to feel like water retention coming on. Your face might look different. You might get a little shaky, um, a bit ticked off. You'll start sweating um, and you, you know, you'll have a great workout, get a great pump, have a lot of aggression and just a never ending energy in the gym. But uh, it also makes me uh, uncomfortable because going out in public, on testosterone suspension is really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable, the kind of lust after like any woman that you get. And then also it's gonna make you aggressive. And if you're like going out in public, especially if you're going like on nightlife or something or like out to bars, you're asking for trouble because it's gonna be your initial reaction is going to be so intense to being challenged uh, or having someone be aggressive towards you. Um, it's gonna be you're asking for trouble. So testosterone suspension. Yeah. It's not something you want to use as a normal steroid, but, uh, you know, it's nice to experiment with and just get the feeling of like, Oh, this is what pure raw testosterone does. Um, you take it, you know, you have a, you go to the gym, have a great workout, get that energy out and then go straight home and eat, you know, and then after four or five hours, it's out of your system and you're back to normal. And generally you would stack that, you know, on top of whatever your cycle was, whatever your steroid cycle was. If you wanted to mess around or experiment with testosterone suspension a little bit, you'd do that. And then, uh, you know, you'd keep taking your normal cycle, but it's not something you take like for your steroids, You're taking testosterone suspension for your steroids. That's generally not a good idea. Okay. Th this next question is from a guy who his name is an Indian script. So I can't read it, but his question is injection frequently is no problem, but it's swollen all the time. I have to rub the spot with lemongrass oil three times per day every single day when I use testosterone propionate, which is called test prope, or sometimes people just say prope. I inject prope each five to seven days, he says. The swollen just there for a week. Yeah. So underground lab testosterone propionate has a reputation for giving a lot of swelling and lumps, uh, soreness at the injection site, but pharmaceutical grade test propionate does not do that. So I used uh, a lot. I would, I love using uh, pharmaceutical grade testosterone propionate because it's such a great hormone. It makes you feel so great. Uh, so I would generally in Thailand use a uh, 100 milligram uh, two, 100 milligrams per two milliliter ampule of testolic pharmaceutical grade testosterone propionate each day. Um, and I love taking that and I would get zero swelling, uh, zero 
uh, pain at the injection site, just zero. There was no, no sign that I had taken an injection with pharmaceutical grade testosterone propionate. So the reason why people with UGLs get the swelling and stuff is that there's either contaminants in their gear causing, you know, a swelling and inflammation effect or the things that their gear was actually made with, like the oils and the uh, sterilization products that are inside there are, uh, you know, not the highest grade. And so they're causing irritation at the injection site. So when you get those problems from the testosterone propionate with the swelling, the pain at the injection site, you're saying you have to rub it with lemon oil all the time. That's because the gear you're using is not high quality human grade and it may have some contaminants. All right. And this question is from Cacho. I wonder what is the sexual effect of Anavar when you take it with tests? Does it affect it neutral, negative, positive? How about PCT? I heard about guys also not doing any PCT, just getting in and out of it, say six weeks in, six weeks out on a TRT dose of test. Even heard of five days in, then weekend rest. Thank you. Yeah, if you do the Anavar with the testosterone, it won't affect your sex drive at all. There will be zero, zero increase, zero decrease. It'll just be exactly the same. Uh, Anavar doesn't really have any mental effects. It doesn't really get into your brain uh, the way that uh, the metabolite of testosterone, dihydrotestosterone, does heavily cross the blood-brain barrier. Anavar just doesn't. And so its effects are very limited to the gym. There's no increase in aggression. The only thing that you really notice is a buildup of strength and uh, muscle, hard muscle tissue in the gym when you're taking high dosages for something like you said, six weeks. Yeah, um, there's no need for a PCT after coming off of it. If you're already on TRT, you just take the Anavar, get the gains, and then when you're ready, take a rest. So it's a very easy to use hormone if you are using uh, HCG or testosterone alongside it so that you have those normal, regular testosterone levels in your blood simultaneously. Okay, and our last question for today is also about Anavar. It's by Darren. He asks, beginner here, any good on its own as I only want to tighten up, not looking any mass size, put on some muscle and lose belly fat. Thanks in advance. <laughs> well, you can, contradicted yourself there, man. You said you're, you are uh, not looking for any mass size, but you want to put on muscle and lose belly fat. So it sounds like you want a recompositioning effect. So the main thing, man, is that steroids don't work good unless they're combined with a little bit of testosterone. Because what they do when you don't take any testosterone with them is they replace your testosterone and your body stops making its natural biological hormone and instead relies on the hormones that you're putting in from outside your body. So when you don't have that natural hormone at all, then it isn't able to fulfill its natural functions that you need to be a man. And instead you're relying on this inferior hormone that only has specialized in some effects like uh, muscle building, like Anavar, and then it just doesn't do its function very well, good. So Anavar works so much better and expresses its effects the way that you want it to when you have testosterone in your blood at the same time. So a good way to make it work good would be to not use it on its own, would be to use some uh, HCG injection with it or a testosterone injection with it. Um, also, Anavar does not produce any estrogen, so it'll screw your sex drive up if you take it for, you know, some matter of weeks without having any testosterone in your blood uh, because you will not have any estrogen in your blood since Anavar is not estrogenic. So what you can do is you could take, you know, 10 milligrams of D-ball per day if you really didn't want to take any injection or something because then you would have... Uh, D-ball is derived from testosterone and it has been used in the past for testosterone replacement therapy. And I've used it myself at 10 to 15 milligrams per day with Trenbolone, for example, as testosterone replacement therapy and for sex drive issues when using Trenbolone only and then adding in 10 to 15 milligrams of Dianabol per day to get my uh, standard androgenic testosterone drive male hormone needs and to get that little bit of estrogen into my blood to make me feel good, make my brain work properly and make my sex drive work properly so 
one, if you are really hell bent on, uh, you know, only taking tablets with no injections, you know, and you wanted to use Anavar only, well, then I would suggest that you put in 10 to 15 milligrams of Dianabol per day with that in order so that you are able to have the proper biological functioning of your body. Since when you use the Anavar, it's going to make you stop producing testosterone. Um, that D-ball that you put in there could uh, make up for that. And then also... You know, in, unless you have those biological function processes functioning fully um, in your body, then the Anavar isn't going to even do its job very well. And it's not going to do what you want it to do. So you really need to do one of two, th three things. Inject a little bit of testosterone, inject a little bit of HCG, or take a little bit of Dianabol tablets in order to take your Anavar on its own and make it have the effect that you're looking for. The effect that you want to get from it. Um, and having it work the way it's supposed to, you need to do one of those things. Having it completely on its own is going to be a disappointment. Um, and, and then when you say something like put on muscle and lose belly fat, so recomposition, you don't want to gain mass, but you want to gain muscle mass while losing fat. So trading fat mass for muscle mass. Yes, it will work for doing that when it's combined with HCG, testosterone, or Dianabol, but it will not work and not do that if you do it alone. You'll be disappointed. All right, guys, that was the last question for the Steroids Podcast. SARMs are the new pro-hormones. They work on your steroid receptors to produce the effects of light to moderate steroid use. SARMs are available at Neuroids.com. Properly dosed. Legit SARMs I have used myself. Neuroids sponsors this podcast and the listeners can get 25% off their purchase price with the code DAN, like Dan the Man, D-A-N, code DAN, 25% off at Neuroids.com. If you would like your questions to be answered on the steroids podcast go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on instagram until next time